Nothing great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 29 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustino. And do you hear that music? I hear that music. By playing that music, I apparently know more than Luis Felipe Vieira. This is an important episode. There's a lot to talk about. It's a Champions League episode. The biggest competition in the world. Unless your name is Luis Felipe Vieira. Apparently, if you're Sport Lisboa Benfica, the Champions League is a platform to put young players on the shop window for the rest of the world to see. Apparently, the Champions League is a competition where you rest your veterans and you rotate your squad. Oh man, we got so much to talk about in this episode. Oh. Uh, are you guys as frustrated as I am? There's two stories to talk about tonight, all right? There's the story on the field and the story off the field, on the pitch or off the pitch, all right? There's a lot to, to dive into, and it's not so black and white, but man, like so many of you and like so many of the people that talk about this team week in, week out, so, so many of the people that live and die with this club week in and week out, that wear that badge on our chest with pride, that take time off of work to watch these matches, that take time off of work to get to these matches, that spend our own money, sacrifice time with our own families to follow this team. There's a frustration in apparently all of us as this management does not seem to get it okay and Bruno Lage is not off the hook either okay again I've said I've been on the man's gravy train for over you know whatever it's been nine months now since he arrived on the first team everything that went well last season this season is not going according to to our expectations, okay? He wasn't even on the bench for this game. I had forgotten he was suspended. Um, Nelson Verissimo managed the match, and 
he wasn't really calling the shot, so I'm not going to sit here and blame Nelson Barisi. Um, I don't even know. I don't know who's calling the shots right now on this team. I have a hard time believing the same manager that came in last January, the same manager that went unbeaten in 22 consecutive league matches, the manager that won us the championship making bold moves, making bold decisions just six months ago, less than that, now is, a, is another yes man. It's starting to look that way. I'm not happy, okay? Nothing against the kids that debuted in the Champions League, okay? Nothing against them at all. I'll get into it a little bit more, I guess. Um, I will get into a rant. But honestly, um, frustrating. The performance on the field wasn't that bad. That's the sad part. That team that played on Tuesday against RB Leipzig should have played last Sunday against Gilles Vicente. Could have played this weekend against Ruav. You had plenty of chances to debut Tomas Tavares, who, by the way, was friggin' phenomenal in that match, okay? Tomas Tavares, although he was the one keeping Timo Warner off onside, played amazing for a debut. A 19-year-old or 18-year-old should never be debuting in the Champions League. There is times when you need experience. I have no confidence that the, this was a coach's decision. Like so many of you, this, this is the club doing things the way they've been doing things since Luis Felipe Vieira has been in charge. Okay, um, I'm going to add in the show notes tonight uh, a link to Baquero's Art, uh, article on 00.pt okay if you don't know his real name's Philippe English he uses his real name um, in, the, in as the author we know him as Baquero on on Benfica FM and on Historia Gloriosis okay we know him and he lists off you know half a dozen quotes from Luis Felipe Vieira over the, his presidency it's always next year Benfica is going to be a European power Benfica is going to compete for European titles Benfica is going to do this Benfica is going to do that every year now it seems Benfica goes into this competition with the foot off of the accelerator Benfica is afraid to play hard in the middle of the week afraid to put their first string put their first team on the pitch and go for it why why are they rotating players here in this game we got the toss of the Liga coming up in a week's time from this game there was plenty of time to rotate players okay this match should have been more important than the Gil Vicente match and more important than the upcoming um Morirense match okay listen the Champions League is the the premier competition, not just in European football, but in club football. Period. No disrespect to any of the the other continental championships, continental competitions. Nothing comes close to the UEFA Champions League. All right, we'll get into the game in just a bit. Okay, we um. We're going to roll through the scores of the UEFA Champions League match day one. All right. That's going to be in the next segment. All right. We're going to play Reconquista because we got to get back and reconquer Europe. You know, I'm not saying we got to go win the Champions League, but we should be competing night in, night out. Yeah. I mean, the team that was on the field put in a good effort. We'll get into the match, but what they, what 
that was not the best 11 that we could have put out there. The club did not put its best foot out there, okay? And criticism needs to be shared by all, not just Vieta. Lige gets his share because even if this isn't his call, he's doing as he's told, and sometimes you just have to stand your ground. Um, it just seems like nowadays to be a Benfica manager, you have to be Luis Felipe Vieta's yes man, okay? Um, you think George Jesus would have would have put this team out in a in a the opener of a Champions League? It's one thing when when the team is a bit weaker and when it seems like you know uh, when you're not going to advance in the Champions League. It's one thing to put a weaker team on the field. Okay, this happened last year. I defended it last year in the Europa League. Okay, when we went out of of the Europa League, I even defended some of these changes, some of these rotations, because we were in a neck-and-neck neck battle for the league title. We are in the second month of the season. We're in September, okay? There's no reason to be rotating players in September um, and keeping them out of Champions League games to prepare them for the Portuguese League competition. That That's just, there's no excuse for that, all right? Benfica has a long, long, proud history in Europe, and that needs to be respected. It's time that needs to be respected, and it's time somebody runs against Luis Felipe Vieira and gives him a run for his money. He's too comfortable. Okay, he treats his position like he's the owner of the Benfica, of Benfica. Let me remind everybody that he is not the owner of the club. He does not own the club. The Saucius own the club. He works for the club. He works for you guys. Those of you that pay your cottage, he works for you. It's time to put pressure on him. It's time to, if it means, and the and the, the supporters have. I mean, who are we kidding? Look at that attendance on Tuesday night compared to a home game against Gilles Vicente. Everybody wants to go to Gilles Vicente because they know we're going to, you know, there's a 90% chance we're going to win the game. A tough European match when support is needed. You know, the stadium's empty. But why is it empty? Because the fans know. They know this club is not taking Europe seriously once again. They know this club just wants to sell its young players rather than to build a team. You sold one player for 126 million dollars this off million euros, excuse me, this off season. Where is that reinvestment? They released the the balance sheet and what? They paid down the debt, the the Pasivo, the debt by 17 million. Or something, some, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. I don't want to give you the wrong figures, um, but it's out there. They didn't pay off the debt by a significant amount. They didn't reinvest in the team by a significant amount. And they want to go to the media and announce that they're going to add more seats in the Stadio de Luge. Bro, do you not see the 10,000 empty seats week after week? Just because those tickets are bought doesn't mean that those seats are filled. Luis Felipe Vieira's got his head in the wrong place, okay? Everything's about money with this guy, and I have nothing against money. Trust me, I, I respect business people as much as, as I respect anyone, okay? Anybody that can go out there and make a dime for themselves and make a name and run a business and make profit, I respect that. But this is the richest club in Portugal. This is the, this is the, the symbol of Portugal in the world, okay? This is the biggest export, if you will, of Portugal in the world. Is Sport Lisboa, Benfica. This man does not own the club. He's treating it like it's his own personal business, okay? The club is owned by the fans. The fans want a return 
to the European Benfica, o Benfica Europeu. Not, you know, like Baquero also listed, something like 14 home losses in the Luis Felipe Vieira era in the Champions League group stage or in the Champions League compared to five in the, what, 95 years before he was president? Okay, European football, you know, playing continental football started in the in the 60s or something like that, all right? If you count the Tasa Latina, it was a little earlier in the 50s. But Benfica first entered European football in the late 50s, early 60s. They had only lost five times at home when Luis Felipe Vieira was elected president of this team. They've lost 14, I believe it's 14 matches at home. In this competition. Alright. That's the rant. Alright. You've heard that side of it. Now for the rest of the episode. We're going to talk about the other side. We're going to talk about what happened on the pitch. Okay. Break down this match. This was actually. with Despite the, the background noise. Despite the the uh, negativity. And let me tell you. I was PO'd when I saw um, these changes. I convinced myself. As the match was was going on, why they could have made sense, I started to put myself in the manager's seat, and I started to come up with reasons why these changes could have been made. Um, I had some theories, but in the end, you know, I don't really believe these theories I came up with. I believe that this is a behind the scenes. This is this is a club priority. This is a club policy. That they are not taking this competition serious at this point. And it's time for fans to demand it to be vocal. Okay. It's time to have the signs. To have the banners. Um, it's time to call out Luis Felipe Vieira. He's the president of the club. It's time that he stops getting a free pass. Yes, this man brought Benfica out of the Vietnam area era. Excuse me. But it is, we're stuck in the same place now. Yeah, we've won five out of six straight championships. That's not enough. We are not like other clubs, okay? We want more. We need more. We should have more, okay? We should be competing with the best. We should our, our place is always to be at the table with the best. Our goal should always be to go as far as possible in Europe, especially in the Champions League. I give a pass in the Europa League because the Europa League doesn't have the same prestige. And maybe, thinking back, maybe I was wrong with that with that. With that stance also. Perhaps I was wrong. I'm man enough to think about it. To look back and say perhaps I was wrong. Okay. It's time for Luis Felipe Vieta to have some reflection. Okay. It's not about just making George Menz happy. It's not about just selling 18 year olds at ridiculously high rates. And calling yourselves the champions of transfers. What? So what? What good is all that if it doesn't one reinforce the squad. If it doesn't build a squad that can compete. Um. This team has not made a a big time signing since Pablo Aymar. Okay, they have not gone out and gotten that class of a player since Pablo Aymar. Remember when we had Pablo Aymar and Javier Saviola on this team? I'm all for playing the kids. Okay, I love it. I love it. I want to see a Benfica team that is mostly homegrown. But you know what? When we don't have it, or when they're not ready, we need to go out there and get. Top level veterans. Maybe they're not going to be 25 years old. Maybe they're going to be 30. But we got to go out there and get top level veterans, experienced players to put in this locker room. Okay, no disrespect to Jardel. Okay, no disrespect to 
Andre Almeida. No disrespect even to PZ. Okay, these guys are experienced players, but there is a higher class of player we need in this team. Okay, we need an Aymar, a Rui Costa. Okay, someone at that class. Saviola was was there. You know, you go back a little further. Remember when we brought in players li like uh, remember when we had a player like Kanija coming in? Okay, maybe not the best leader, but that's a whole different class. He was a crack. Okay, we got very few cracks in this team. We have good players. We have some average players. We have a lot of potential, but we have very few cracks. In fact, um, we have Rafa, who's a crack. On a good day, on most days, at least in the Portuguese league. Although he was good in this game too, given very little time and uh, came up with the assist. So um, I think the negativity is over. You guys know where I stand. I stand where most of you stand, okay? Um, we'll get into the game. But on the other side of this, we are uh, the other side of this ad. Of course, we got to pay a bill. I'm sorry. I know the ads are annoying, but we got to pay a bill. All right, stay with me. On the other side, we're gonna roll through the scores of match day one of the UEFA Champions League, and then we're going to review uh, our match day one home defeat uh, to RB Leipzig of the Bundesliga. Stay right there. I am the Mister Mike Agostino. This is Mister Benfica episode 29. Follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mister Benfica. And don't forget, you can search for me also on Facebook. Two words, Mister Space Benfica. Okay, Mister Benfica. You can find everything there also on on Facebook. All right, stay right there. We will be right back. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carregas sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que 
are. Once again, it is the UEFA Champions League 2019-2020. It's match day one, and we're going to quickly go around the Champions League with the scores. All right, here's a whip around with all the scores starting with Tuesday, September the 17th. So this is the matches from the 17th of September on Tuesday. Leon 1, Zenit St. Petersburg 1. Remember, those two teams are in our group, so that match has a direct effect on Benfica. Inter Milan 1-1 one, one at home to Slavia Prague. A little bit of a surprising result there. Uh, last year's semifinalists and last year's darlings of the competition, of course, none other than AFC Ajax of the Netherlands, the Dutch champions, of course, 3-0 winners over French side Lille. Italian side Napoli pulled the shock result, if you will. Actually, it's the same. They did it last year as well. Once again, Napoli beat Liverpool. That's right, the European champions. Champions League holders. Liverpool beaten on the road in Italy by Napoli. 2-0 at the San Paolo. Benfica, as you know, drops a 1-2 result, of course, losing to the German side, RB Leipzig. Chelsea beaten at home 1-0 by Valencia. Borussia Dortmund and Barcelona play to a 0-0 draw in Dortmund. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg 6, Gank 2. Those were the matches on Tuesday. Now we're going to go to Wednesday really quickly. we got Olympiacos 2 Tottenham Hotspur, 2. Club Bruges, nil. Galatasaray, nil. Here's a result that was kind of shocking, but uh, a big result for the home side. Where That one, of course, in Croatia. Dinamo Zagreb, 4. Italian side Atalanta in their Champions League debut, nil. Bayern Munich, 3. Red Star Belgrade, nil. Baru- uh, excuse me, Bayern Leverkusen. One, Lokomotiv Moscow. Two, so the Russians get a win. For those of you watching the coefficient race, there's a win for a Russian side. Um, of course, made even bigger by the fact that Benfica lost. Paris Saint-Germain, three, Real Madrid, nil. That's right, no Neymar, no Mbappe, no problem. PSG beating Real Madrid, 3-0 at the Parc des Princes. Shakhtar Donetsk at home beaten handedly 3-0 by the visitors from England. Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, of course. And lastly, João Felix and Atletico Madrid 2. Juventus featuring Cristiano Ronaldo 2. A two-all draw between those two Portuguese players as um, two of perhaps the favorites to go deep in the competition this year. Two teams that have started their season off fairly well, but uh, a 2-0 draw. So those are the scores from match day one. Stay right there. Here's a little bit of audio. Okay, here's some highlights in English from Benfica's match Tuesday night at the Luge versus RB Leipzig. Stay right there. Enjoy the highlights, and we will be back on the other side as we start to break down this Benfica RB Leipzig match day one UEFA Champions League clash. Adara, Mukiele, Yusuf Paulson, Werner, he scores! And seconds after Benfica had their best chance of the match, so Leipzig have made the breakthrough. Inevitably, it's Timo Werner with a goal. 
chance of the night for the Eagles, that one. It's the ball that time, but it comes back to Sabitzer here. Werner, 2-0. Offside. Savage, sir. Oh, it's very tight. Very, very difficult. It's a goal. As the bird trots off. Welcome back to episode 29 of Mr. Benfica. As you know by now, I am your host. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino. And you know where to find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And on Facebook, just type in Mr. Benfica and run the search. That what you heard right there was the sound of the world feed. That was the audio from the world feed that went around the world in English. Um, the broadcast, you know, the play-by-play of this match, of course, Benfica and RB Leipzig um, coming to you this week, courtesy of Bleacher Report Live and their YouTube channel. Um, they posted those highlights up. So, um, as you could hear, um, tough night for Benfica. Um, like we said, I said in the opening segment, uh, came off, you know, a bit angry because this was a, a tumultuous uh, night for Benfica. I think the tone was set um, was set wrong by the way the club approached the match. But um, as we break down the match, we're gonna we're gonna keep it to the game that was on the field between the four lines. Now, um, the players that were on the field, the players that did play. Um, I'm gonna try to to cut back and to not not get into any more of the criticism of decisions because at this point now we're going to talk about the match all right we talked about um you know we talked about the starting 11 shock waves absolute shock waves went around i think Benfica nation when they saw those changes um and ironically we were looking for changes in these last couple league games and Bruno Lage stuck with those same guys time after time he uh, sticks with the two forwards uh, of RDT and Seferovic. And for whatever reason in this match decides to finally make the change. Um, it was a partnership that I did want to see though. Not not in this match. Uh, I didn't want to see Jota and RDT partner up in this one. I wanted to see them do it against Gilles Vicente. 
but for whatever reason, um, this was the match that the club and the manager decided. And um, that they decided they were going to make some changes and use some different players. So let's go back in time a few days now. It is Tuesday, September the 17th of 2019. We're at the Stadio de Luz, of course, in Lisbon, home of our Benfica. The attendance, 46,460 on hand, according to the books. Uh, it is the Champions League, and it is Group G, match day one, and the referee is Greek Anastasios Sidropoulos. Excuse me. My apologies to my Greek friends uh, for the pronunciation of his name. Um, like I said, a lot of empty seats in this one, about 20,000 or more empty seats in this stadium. Um, fans are not happy. Let's start. What I'm going to start with before we even get into the into the lineups, let's let's review the, <laughs> the injured players, injured and suspended players on... For this match, or I should say injured and suspended personnel as, first of all, Bruno Lage is the, is the suspended player as he was. Uh, he received a suspension for conduct last season in the Europa League, I believe, in Germany when when the United when Sportage uh, Bobefica were eliminated um, from the Europa League at the quarterfinal stage in Frankfurt versus Eintracht. And um, if you remember that, that referee... Uh, performance that day was was dreadful and uh, as bad as Benfica were um, the referee was even worse that day so let's go down the list of injuries uh, I'll start with RB Leipzig Hans Wolf has a broken ankle he's out till uh, till early October Kevin Campi is out Louis Luan Candido Partick Schick and American international Tyler Adams also out with a groin injury for for RB Leipzig, Benfica's list is considerably longer. Like I said, Bruno Lage, first one on the list as he is suspended. Nelson Verissimo is the coach for this game. Florentino Luiz is out with the knee injury. Chiquinho is out with the thigh injury. Gabriel is out with the sprained MCL. He is expected back any day now. Jedson Fernandes still not in the lineup. Um, had a, fra- a fracture in his foot. Still yet to report for the season. Herman Conti, remember him, he is out with a thigh injury. And Tyrone Ebue is out with a thigh injury as well. There is a reoccurring theme here. One, two, three. Three muscle injuries, okay? Three muscle injuries uh, in this team. Again, here this is something that does not uh, change. It doesn't matter who the coach is. doesn't matter who the players are. Benfica in injuries is just something right now that needs to be looked at by by the club from up high because when an injury takes you know someone on another team four weeks Benfica the Benfica player takes eight weeks Gabriel was to be back for the Gil Vicente game still not back okay um we're looking at mid mid October for Florentine Luis to return we need him desperately I think um, defensively speaking, especially uh, our two center backs need some need some cover in front of them. I don't think they're gonna get it until Florentine Luis is back. It says mid October, so Benfica carrying a lot of injuries. Depth squad depth is definitely an issue. Like I said, Nelson Verissimo is the coach on the night. He replaces uh, Bruno Lage for the night um, as Bruno Lage watches from the stands. Julian, young Julian Naglesman is the manager for RB Leipzig. He is only 32 years old and really a an up-and-comer in the coaching ranks. 
Let's start with Leipzig's starting 11, and I will do my best to pronounce some of these names. I'm not that familiar with this team, like I said, but um, I did know going in this is a good team, and I don't think everybody that follows Benfica understands how good of a team this RB Leipzig team is this year. Right now, leaders in the Bundesliga. Yes, it's early, but they, they've been together for two or three years, a lot of these players, and um, it, it shows. I think I think they were they were quite good on the night as well. And I had they are coming off. Uh, RB Leipzig comes into the match coming off a one-one draw with Bayern Munich earlier in the week. The goalkeeper is Peter Gulashi. Gulashi, excuse me. Uh, across the back in their four-four-two, Nordi Mukiele on the right back. Ibrahima Konate is the center back along with Willy Orban and Marcel Halstenberg is the left back. Midfield, very good midfield. Marcel Sabitzer on the right. Conrad Leimer and Diego Demay are the two center mids playing together with Emil Forsberg on the left. A very good player that Emil Forsberg. He put in a great uh, a great performance that night. And up front, the very, very formidable strike tandem of Yusef Paulsen and, of course, Germany's starting striker and naturally the starting striker for RB Leipzig, Timo Werner. Timo Werner, I should say. Um, that is the lineup that RB Leipzig put out. Benfica coming out with a 4-4-1-1. And Odie was in goal. Uh, the right back was a debutante. That's right. We talked about him a little bit earlier. 18-year-old Tomasz Tavarsh. Where was he a month ago? Why? This kid was, was very good in this game. Why was he not even considered for the Porto match. Why did it have to take us dropping three points to Porto to realize that you're not going to put a young lefty in at right back? This should have. This kid should have been as soon as Andre, it was clear that Andre Almeida was not going to be ready for the start of the season. And as soon as it was clear, Salvio was on his way out to Boca Juniors. This kid should have been in that position. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but this is a real miscalculation by the staff, and uh, it has to be on Bruno Lage. I mean, again, I don't know that uh, too many people that are a bigger fan of Bruno Lage than me up to this point. But I'm gonna be honest with you, and um, this this is one I think he he miscalculated, and um, this game I think is, is proof of that. This he would have been more than comparable for that match against Porto. Maybe we don't lose that game. Maybe we get a draw if we can actually use the right side of the of our attack. Anyway, the the center back pairing is the usual Ruben Dias and Ferru with Grimaldo on the left. The right mid was Pizzi, and he was the captain on the night, of course. Um, Fasia and Tarapt team up again as the center mid tandem. Fasia playing more and more a more defensive or a more uh, pivot role while Tarapt much more of a box-to-box. The left-sided midfield making his debut for the season, yet to have played a minute before this game. And this is a decision a lot of people were questioning. It is Argentinian Franco Cervi uh, playing on the left side of midfield with the young Portuguese Benfica Academy product Jota starting in the number 10 position, essentially, in behind the striker Raul de Tomas, better known now to Benfica Nation as RDT. So those are the 11 Benfica would roll out. Um, my thoughts right now, uh, or I should say my thoughts at the time, 
Um, I was excited for Tomas Tavares, um, although I thought it was not the right time to debut him. But he, I think he lived up to it. I thought he played a very good game. Um, at first, I, w- I was livid about, about Rafa not starting and Servi starting. I started giving myself an excuse, if you will. I started thinking, and I started to come to the conclusion that the staff must have determined that that um, Benfica needed a little more defensive cover on the left side with Cher- with Chervi in there. Chervi has very good defensive qu- capabilities and I think what what they wanted to avoid was having PZ and Rafa on the field at the same time as these are two wide at least wide positioned players that don't really play that position and I think that had both of them started that the left and right channel would have been wide open for Leipzig to attack down all match long and I I think I think that was that was the the motivation between starting Cherry. I don't agree with it, but I think that was the motivation. I think that was the thought process. Um, I don't believe any claims that there may have been physical problems with with Rafa. I really think um, either the manager decided or he was told that Rafa was going to be rested for the league game. Uh, Rafa takes a lot of punishment in a match. Okay, he get he gets. I mean, when the team's playing poorly. A lot of times they just they give the ball to Rafa so he can run at the other team. And how many times do we see the other team just crack him down with uh, with you know tackles from behind, dangerous tackles, two foot tackles? He takes punishment. I would not arrested him in this game, but I can make an excuse for why he might have not been started. This should have come in the Jovi Sent match. I mean, end of story. Uh, Befica needs to be able to put a squad on the team to beat Jovi Sent and still be able to rest the players that they need to rest. That said, we are underway and it is Befica getting the game started. As uh, as we said, Bruno Lage serving a touchline ban uh, after he was sent to the stands last year in the Europa League. Fourth minute, RB Leipzig are playing in the Champions League for just the second time is the note here. And it says, but they can't afford to show signs of nerves. Earlier tonight, we find out Zenit and Leon play to a 1-1 draw, as we said in the in the segment where we read off the scores. And the group could be decided on the final match day. So both Befica and, and RB Leipzig... Um, Really have a golden opportunity to take an early lead in the group. And there's no excuse for not, not going after it because even a loss leaves you with just one point out of second place with five matches to play. So we hit the seventh minute and Leipzig are offside as they put the ball into the back of the net. But the officials claim that Timo Werner was offside. He was played in on a delightful back heel from Paulson, but replays uh, show that he took off just a slight bit too early, and Benfica are are saved by the offside call. Ninth minute, both teams showing sign of promise. Neither keeper, though, has been forced to a save in the first 10, um, but Benfica did start well, I thought, in this match uh, overall. The energy was there. It looked like the energy was back. It looked like they were, they wanted to play. Maybe it's because some of them were getting a, a rare chance to show something. But Befica did look like they were there to play. 11th minute, the home side win a free kick. But RDT's effort is blazed into the stands. He will look to respond quickly because he was, waste, he was wasteful um, for a man of his talent. I'm still high on RDT. I know it's not going well to start, 
But um, always reminded that, you know, uh, that Oscar Cardozo, when he arrived at Benfica, took a long time to start getting goals as well. Something like nine matches. Um, I see the quality in RDT when he plays. I see the quality in the way he receives the ball and the way he he sees the game. He It doesn't always come off right, but I think that he has the qualities to be a very good number nine. The biggest issue right now is figuring out where he's going to play, how he's going to play, who he's going to play with. Um, but you can see he's getting hungry to put the ball in the goal. You can see he's getting very agitated at the fact that he's yet to score. Um, as we said in the last episode, you know, when that when uh, that Jill Vicente defender essentially stole his goal last week by putting it in his own goal, uh, you could initially see the frustration in RZT, uh, even though that the ball did end up in the net. It took him a second to appreciate it because of the frustration of not having been the one to to put the ball into the goal. 13 minute, um, Jota struggling to get into the game, and it, there's a note here that Benfica need to work harder in midfield to force. Uh, RB Leipzig back into their own half. Leipzig starting to advance. And I always say, you know, territory is is much more important than possession. Um, And you can't allow the opponent to gain territory in these matches. You want to play the game in the opponent's end of the field and not in your own. And 15 minutes into the game, but it it was getting scrappy, and it looks as if both sets of players were nervous. And that, that, that was very true. And Benfica often failed to progress into the latter rounds. But if every year we talk about Benfica failing to get out of the group stage. It's been a few campaigns now. Uh, you have to go back to Rui Vitoria's first season, whatever year that was. I mean, was that 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there? Um, the year he replaced George Jesus when he got them to the quarterfinals. But it has been some time. Befica have had some very embarrassing performances over the last couple of seasons in this competition. Let's fast forward to the 24th minute as Benfica get two chances to try and cross the ball, but Haslenberg is on hand for both occasions and is there to clear the danger. The first with his head and the second with the volley as the a quarter of an hour, or I shouldn't say a quarter of an hour, as in the 25th minute, it is still nil-nil. 26th minute, we have a big save from Odie as he's called into action for the first time in the night, and he gets down low to deny Timo Werner. Uh, the striker latched onto Haslenberg's pass, but he was unable to find the bottom corner. Big save by the Greek international goalkeeper for Benfica. 29th minute, Benfica burst forward. And it's all thanks to a brilliant bit of skill from none other than Adel Tarapt. Oh, man, Adel Tarapt is starting to play some of the best football that I have ever seen him play. And I understand that if you've been following him from his time at Benfica, that's not saying much. But there was a time before that Adel Tarapt was... Uh, you know, he was a guy that, that many teams around the world wanted. This move was fantastic. I mean, as we say in the United States, he's breaking ankles when the when the defender is trying to stay with him. Uh, very, very great, brilliant piece of skill from Terapt. He's growing in the game at this point, and he managed to find Grimaldo on the left touch line. But Grimaldo's touch was too heavy, and Gulashi could make an easy catch. 
31st minute. It's also a big night for the Leipzig boss, it says here. And the note says that he's failed to win any of his previous six Champions League uh, matches as a manager with Hoffenheim last season, conceding at least two goals in each match. And last year, his Hoffenheim side finished bottom of Group H. But this guy, watch out for this guy. Do we have... The next Jurgen Klopp on our hands? Well, we'll wait and see. It's, it, those are some pretty tall shoes to, to fill. But, yes, a very good um, very good start to a coaching career for young Julian Naglisman um, of RB Leipzig. Now, 33rd minute, Vlakodimos and Paulsen have both gone down, and that is due to a clash in midair. The former came off worse, and we now have a break in play so that Odie can receive treatment. Uh, 36 minute. It's another injury stop uh, stoppage as Limer goes down after catching a straight boot from Jota, and that would be the end of the night for Conrad Limer as he would be subbed off, and Amadou Haidara would come on for Leipzig. Um, the 40th minute. Those two injuries have just shown the game as have just slowed the game down excuse me but there's still time for either side to take the lead this game looked like it could go either way for quite a while and even though you know I think coming off of some of the performances Bibi Fika had put in previously I think putting it against those in that context this was a little bit promising once you got past who was not playing and who was playing and you got past coaching decisions and you got past you know I think a lot of the anger is at the is directed at the board at the at the the I almost called him the chairman. He's not the chairman. He's the president. Um, I think that's where a lot uh, of the anger goes, and um, and f- fans are becoming disillusioned. So, but I think you know a lot of people were unhappy with the game, but I don't think a lot of people were watching the game. I think a lot of people were already convinced this was a bad game given the way that the team approached the game and I think that clouded a lot of vision and I'm not saying that you're not right to be upset again I told you in the beginning of this episode what I thought about these changes but when you view the match in a vacuum and you remove the emotional stuff Benfica are playing better than they have played as of late so I saw that as being a little bit promising um 42nd minute, just one shot on target so far, but it's Benfica that need to do more in front of their fans. The crowd are still behind them, but they may get frustrated if they continue to perform like this. I thought the crowd was was quite quiet, actually, um, especially early in the first half. But again, everything going on outside the four lines has something to do with that. Um, like I said, Baquero wrote a, wrote a nice article in in zero zero and uh, the link is in the show notes. Um, but he also said in there, there's a nice line: "Are Benfica, um, are Benfica not big in your are not a big European club because their fans don't show up." Or do Benfica have a bad attitude about Europe because the fans don't show up? Or do the fans not show up because Benfica has a bad attitude in the club, uh, in the in the European competition? Excuse me. Um, 
honestly, uh, I think the fans know what to expect at this point. It's it's the same old thing year after year now, and it's getting very, very frustrating. We're going to go um, to the 44th minute. Leipzig trying to end the half on a high, but a block denies them on the edge of the box. Forsberg picked out Paulson. But Paul, but the striker Paulson sees his shot cleared as it looks as if he will go in and break on goal. But he no no uh no can do no chance on that one. Three minutes of stoppage time were given, and Benfica would make the most of the extra time. Forty-five plus two, a great chance for Raul de Tomas. He peels away at the far post. The striker heads the ball to the floor, but Golashi shows tremendous reactions to clear the danger. And it was actually a double save from Golashi. Made the initial save, and then an off-balance uh, RDT tried to to tried to lift the rebound up and over over the goalkeeper but um the the Leipzig keeper was more than up to the challenge as the referee blows for half time uh the first half comes to an end and it is safe to say that both teams could have done better the visitors have just about edged it though and the fans will be desperate to see more action in the 45 in the second 45 minutes De Tomas had the best chance of the night, but Gulashi got down quick to deny him. Paulson and Werner have looked sharp, but they need more service if they are to get a goal. Those were the notes of the first half. Also, after losing Leimer to injury, RB Leipzig may now be changing their tactics. It seems uh, they are happy to sit back a little bit more. They uh, After the injury, RB Leipzig started to sit back a little more. And that's a tactic that we were hoping would work well for Benfica as Benfica needed to push forward and push for a winner. All right, so it's halftime. So we're going to take a break right now. And uh, we do have to go pay a bill. I, you know, we, we, it's a fact of life, people. You guys know that. We all have to do it. Um, we'll be right back on the other side. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agostino, as you know. So don't forget to find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. Find me on Instagram at Mr. Mr. Benfica, and as always, put in your search bar on Facebook, Mr. Benfica. We'll be right back with the second half. Stay right there. And welcome back to Mr. Benfica. Let's get right into the second half. 46th minute, Werner stays onside and makes his way into the box, but he looks up to shoot Vlacodimos. Dives at his feet to deny him. Good save again by Odie. Odie had himself, I think, a pretty good game in this match. Um, I I was rather happy with him. Uh, not much he could have done, I don't think, on either of those two goals. Um, 51st minute, RDT. After a solo run towards the edge of the box, the Benfica forward kept turning inside and out before he eventually fired just wide of the far post. This was probably his best play of the game as he managed to create enough space for himself to get the shot off. Unfortunately, he didn't have enough space to, and he didn't get enough bend on the ball to bend it back towards goal. Um, the, The Leipzig back line did just enough to force him to shoot wide 53rd minute Leipzig win a corner but Forsberg's delivery is dealt with and the visitors eventually concede a goal kick Mavika are starting to struggle in midfield and in the 55th minute um, they need to be careful as Leipzig begin to punish them uh, as Leipzig look like they're going to begin to punish them in the final third 
In the 57th, however, it would be Yusef Paulson who would see yellow. It would be the first booking of the match as uh, he would be guilty of a foul, bringing down Tarapt. 61st minute now. Benfica on the break down the middle of the park as PZ is unable to find the back of the net. However, Roldi Tomaj picked him out on the edge of the box, and it was a, another nice play from the Spanish forward. Again, I thought he was quite good in this match. Uh, other people don't agree with me. You know, um, people see different things in, in the match sometimes, and um, I think what bothers some fans about him is the the way it looks like he the effort is not there from him. I don't see it that way. Um, I'm reading his body language differently than other people but I thought he was quite good in this match especially given the fact that he's uh he's not been able to play his his natural position all season I I don't believe he's a flop um I'm not ready to give up on a 24 year old you know who with the pedigree that came from a Real Madrid whether or not he got in the team I know they got their own problems but it doesn't mean that the potential is not there in this player. And um, this was a nice play by him finding Peasy. Peasy has a great look at goal, but just does not get enough on it and does not get it uh, anywhere near the corners. It was straight at Gulashi in the 62nd minute. Jota would go in the book as he uh, go. He is booked for a sloppy challenge on the midway line. Less than 30 minutes to play now is we're in the 63rd minute, and both coaches need to may start to consider making a change or two. Um, as the two teams contain, continue to cancel each other out, the two te- it's it's again this was um, a pretty nice uh, even matchup, and I think every game in this group stage is going to look like this for Benfica, um, whether they're playing well or not. I think every game is going to be very evenly divided, and um, what the guys on BTV said after the match. Um, is that this, these Befica players are used to playing with 60, 70, 80% possession. They're used to controlling the match. They're used to always coming out of the back, whereas the Leipzig team is much more used to these 50-50 type of matches, these much more closely uh, com- competitive matches. Um, in the 67th minute, though, uh, Nelson Verissimo goes to the bench, and it's another debut, another first-team official debut this time. Youth Academy product David Tavarge will come on to the match. He replaces Jota. Tough night. Um, some say a tough night for Jota. I thought he did some really good things early in the match. Um, and then I think that RB Leipzig uh, made a they made some adjustments to 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 slow him down, and they kind of took him out of the match. 68th minute. It was very close as PZ bursts into the box. Meets a cross with real speed. His first touch is sublime to put it on his left foot. He picks out the spot before firing. Two Galashis is left, but the ball goes just wide. And um, it was neither (laughs) on goal. And it, it was too wide for the goal, but too tight for the end of RDT's run. And um, Benfica really really came close and I remember thinking at this point I said I started thinking Benfica really have a chance in this but I also said to myself at the same time you know I said um you know we're awfully we're awfully uh thin at the back now it's it's all attacking players in there with the exception of the two center backs and and Fasia really and before I could even get that sentence you know out of my head uh, we're in the 69th minute, and Benfica pay the ultimate price for their own inefficiency. 
as it is Timo Werner who wheels away in delight as he opens the scoring in this Group G contest. Yeah, it's it's a very nice link up between Werner and Paulsen. Um as they have been impressive all game, and it was really half a chance. Ball was sent deep into the box. Paulson, uh, excuse me, Paulson, uh, takes a pretty exquisite touch. Werner with just half a step of space. That's all he had. He didn't even have a full cock back on his shooting leg. He just cocked back halfway, and he just knew where the goal was. He knew where to put the ball, and he put it just through the space he had. It went to the far post to Odie's right. Odie unable to reach it, and a legit bal de agua fria, like we call it, a nice bucket over the Benfica fans, who I think we're starting to believe in this team, starting to believe that this could be a night we turn things around. And just like that, RB Leipzig against the run of play somewhat take the lead. 70th minute, Haidara enters the referee's book for a late challenge on the edge of the box. 71st, a save as Benfica respond immediately. This was a nice free kick from Grimaldo. Left-footed free kick at the right side of the box to the keeper's left. Um, Pizzi and, and Grimaldo were both there. Grimaldo ends up taking the free kick. He hits it well, but an outstretched Gulasi reaches out and parries it away from the goal. He had a good view, however. The ball went over the wall nicely, but he was able to watch it all the way into his hands and push it wide. 73rd minute. Benfica starting to commit bodies forward. Um, and RB Leipzig looked dangerous on the counter. This is like a this is like where the rubber meets the road, as they say. And um one thing about Benfica negative in the Brunelage era that I found is when they're playing from behind, um, a lot of times uh, the offensive minded substitution. Um he likes to take a midfielder and and add a forward or something of that of that nature, you know change change the dynamic of the team as you normally have to in the in the situation when you are you find yourselves behind late in the game but it seems like it always it always facilitates a second goal from the from the opposition as it seems like Benfica find themselves overexposed when they do this and now in the 76th minute here we go um as Nelson Verissimo, I'm sure, with the orders of Bruno Lage, goes to the bench once more. And it is the reigning Portuguese League Golden Boot winner, the Swiss assassin, Haris Seferovic, um, who had been dropped for the match. He comes on. Franco Cervi comes off. A frustrated look on the Argentine's face as he sits on the bench. But I thought he put in a good, a very good um, effort and a very good showing for someone who had so little playing time all season and who was given as a, a definite to be leaving the club. So all that considered, I think this was a good showing for Cherry. Um, also in the 76th minute, uh, Pizzi will make way. The captain coming out, the leading goal scorer in the current edition of the Liga Nage, coming off not a good night for Pizzi. He did not have a good game. Uh, of course, Rafa replacing him. Rafa, the man who uh, who really can be dangerous in these matches. Um, thinking that the co- the staff was was thinking that you know th- that they would bring Piz- they would bring Rafa, excuse me, on late in the match when when. Leipzig had tired. Let him use his speed at tired defenders. I would have liked to seen Rafa come in. Uh, you know, once he didn't start and that was established, I would have liked 
to have seen him come in when David Tavares came in. But anyway, these were the substitutions Benfica made. And they would come close again to equalizing. Um, but within seconds after a near miss, it, the ball will go down the other end again. It was, And you would have Werner getting on the end and scoring his second goal. So what happens here is some nice, nice play from RB Leipzig in moving the ball. And um, the ball ends up on Warner who has a tap-in. But the ball had come from Sabitzer, who moved into the box and cut the ball back for his teammate. Warner was uh, Werner, excuse me, was offside at the time the ball was sent to Sabitzer. However, um, Sabitzer was was um, originally called offside. The flag went up, but after reviewing the VAR, uh, it does show that. Sabitzer is right on line with Tomasz Tavares, who's a step behind his defensive teammates. And the youngster leaves leaves the, the Leipzig player on side, despite standing there with his head up. And um, he really should have taken that extra step and hustled a little bit more. But that that's something that comes with experience again why this is not really the appropriate place to debut an 18 year old but I'm not going to put any blame on the kid I, again I thought he had himself a very nice match but Timo Warner puts in his second Timo Werner excuse me his second of the night second obviously of the Champions League this season the assists to Sabitzer and it is 2-0 to the German side 83rd minute and we get a substitution for Leipzig as Lucas Klosterman enters for Marcel Halstenberg. And the home fans are silent. And here's something that's starting to drive my, me nuts. And I think everyone else. As fans start to head for the exits. Yes, I get it's a weeknight. I get that. Um, I get that, you know, some people have very long drives to make. Um, part of the reason the crowds are smaller during the week is that it's harder to get from the other, the further away regions of Portugal to the Stadio de Luz, and those are the fans that buy the tickets. But nonetheless, um, if you're going to pay the money to go see the team, stay in the stadium. Yeah, you have the right to do what you want to do. You paid your money. I, I get that. But really, um, you never know what can happen, and I think that belief is lacking all across the board, whether it's the players, the managers, the the staff, the the board, the fans. There's a lot of belief lacking in this club right now at this moment. But in the 84th minute, uh, the home fans that did stick around would be rewarded in part, at least a consolation prize, as Tomasz Tavares carrying f- makes a, a very, very good pass. Pretty, pretty um, sweet ball. Absolutely brilliant touch to play in Rafa Silva. And Rafa Silva with a brilliant pass of his own towards the far post for a sliding Harris Seferovic. That's right, Seferovic. Sef gets on the scoreboard um, after some, you know, after a very tough start to the season. He starts running towards the goal to go get the ball and then decides at the last minute he'd rather go to the fans and shush them. All right, listen, any player has the right to do whatever they want. Again, um, I'm a big believer in that. But honestly, in that moment, in that time, rather than shushing the fans, because first of all, Seferovic can't 
He can't possibly believe that the criticism of him early in the season is not warranted, okay? And I'm a big fan of Seferovic's. Go back and listen to the episodes last season. I'm a big fan of his, okay? But it's not working this season. Um, I'm glad he scored. I'm glad he got, and I'm hoping that this is a sign of things to come. I hope he's turning the corner. I'm rooting for him. But to shush his own fans right there um, is a sign, I think, that... uh, a little bit of a, perhaps he's, I know he's frustrated. Everyone knows he's frustrated. He has to be. When you're a goal scorer and you're the reigning scoring champion in your league and you can't put the ball in the goal, it's frustrating. When people point it out, it's twice as frustrating. And I know he knows that he hasn't been playing well. There's an adjustment going on. But still, I don't think that, I personally don't think that that's, the shush was needed at that point in time. I get that he's frustrated. I get it. But. Really, had he put Benfica ahead, I'd have no problem with it. Express yourself. But there are six minutes left in the match, and there's still time to get the equalizer. And he his initial reaction is to go get the ball, but then he decides to peel off, look over at the fans in the, I believe that was in the in the south end of the stadium, put his finger to his mouth and, and give him the shush sign. Um, a sign of, uh, clearly a sign of frustration. For the Swiss striker. But either way. Benfica have a goal here. And um, I don't know. I don't think by saying somebody has, has isn't having a good season. Is being a hater or, or turning on a player. It's not like. I don't know. It's just my opinion. I think that there's a time and a place to to answer critics. But with six minutes left in a Champions League match. Um, it seemed a little out of place to me. Nice assist for Rafa. As he's only been on the pitch for a few minutes, but as soon as he got on the pitch, he uh, Benfica were a better team, as they usually are when he's on the pitch. It, that goes without saying, and he gives a beautiful pass and gives his team a glimmer of hope. 85th minute, just wide. It's Rafa again. This time it's Seferovic setting him up as the ball goes a little bit long down the right. Seferovic, rather than taking the right-footed shot, Enforcing it, he cuts back on his left, turns back away from goal, and just slides the ball across for his teammate. Rafa gets gets it fairly well, but hooks it just a little bit too wide to the left of the Leipzig goal. And 88th minute, Forsberg is tired, and Nagelsmann sends on Nikunku. Christopher Nikunku comes on for Emil Forsberg. The referee gives four minutes of stoppage time, and in those in the stoppage time, Tarapt would miss two chances in quick succession, but um, time would run out, and it would be the end of the night for Benfica. Two goals in nine minutes from Timo Werner earn the German side vital three points on the road. They take control of the group now. Uh, Benfica will have to look to rebound in match day two in Russia against Zenit St. Petersburg. Um, Benfica will have to look to improve on the weekend against Morirens. And um, the fixtures don't they don't slow down after that. Wednesday, after the Morirens game, it's the Tasa de Liga match against Vitoria Guimarães. All right, let's um, listen to some audio from Bruno Lage. Here's some comments from Bruno Lage, the manager who watched from the stands uh, in the post-game presser. 
Porto, peço-lhe uma análise tendo em conta as novidades que lançou no 11 titular, também depois as substituições que vem a fazer já na segunda parte e pergunto-lhe diretamente o que é que faltou a este Benfica que não pode voltar a faltar. Não, faltou nós, aquilo que foi o jogo, na minha, na minha opinião, um jogo equilibrado, principalmente na, na, na primeira parte, mas faltou-nos essencialmente quando nós conseguimos marcar as oportunidades que, que tivemos. Acho que um, daquilo que foi o jogo, o resultado certo seria, seria eventualmente o empate. Daquilo que foi a cronologia das oportunidades, temos aquela do, 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 do Pizzi, que na, na, na resposta faz o gol, temos a do Servi, que, que não conseguimos empatar, depois surge, surge o 2-0, surge depois o 2-1, um, mas acho que naquilo que foi o, o, o jogo, acho que o empate seria o resultado mais justo em função das oportunidades que, que criámos. Um, as novidades foi, foi em função daquilo que era a nossa estratégia, a análise que nós fizemos do adversário e também em função da análise que nós fizemos com, da, da, da nossa equipa. Preparados para os dois sistemas do, do adversário, poder eventualmente jogar com uma linha de 5, apesar de ficarmos com, com a ideia, devido à lesão de um lateral direito, que a prioridade seria uma, uma linha de 4, mas estávamos preparados para, para ambas as situações e acho que na primeira parte foi isso, o objetivo seria uh, uma pressão maior à esquerda, aproveitando uh, Servi, Adel e, e Grimaldo uh, mais subidos e com, com maior agressividade defensiva e, e um pouco diferente à direita para deixar jogar e, e até mesmo para não desposicionar um, o Tomás e o, e o Feisa, porque uh, sentimos que de um lado esquerdo, um, pelos movimentos em diagonais do, 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 do avançado poderia vir outro tipo de, de, de perigo. Foi essa a nossa intenção e, e, e acho que correu muito, muito bem na, na, na segunda parte. No início, na, na primeira parte, no início da segunda parte, uma mudança, o adversário começa a construir mais baixo e com os dois médios mais, mais baixos. And that was Bruno Lage in the post-game presser for the match that he saw in the stands, as we've already said. So he has a different perspective from this match than he normally does, a different view, if you will. Um, but he was asked um, to explain the changes, and he asked what was missing um, from Benfica in this match that they cannot be missing. And he quickly says, you know, uh, I'll just paraphrase what he said um, He begins by saying the match for what it was as a whole, a draw would have been the fair or the just result. When you add in some of the chances, such as Pizzi's and then Cervi's, right before um, right before Leipzig's goal, you know, for what it was for the complete game, he felt that the draw was would have been the fair result. Um, he goes on to say the changes were the result of how of how we evaluated our team and the analysis we made of our opponent with uh, with the fact that they can play with either of two systems of play. He mentioned um, he was ready for them to come in with a five-man back line, but um, due to an injury to a right back, uh, he said that they played with four, but they were prepared, they were prepared to fav face a, a, uh, a line of five. 
Um, he goes on also to say that um, Befica's plan was to attack and to pressure higher on the left side. He said he wanted to make the most of the the skill set of Cervi, Adele, meaning Terapt, of course, and Grimaldo playing higher um, and playing with a with more more intensity, a higher press. Um, and he wanted to have a different look on the right so as not to expose Tomas Tavares or to stretch uh, Feja out of the middle. And um, he felt that the plan worked well in the first half, and then in the second half changes were made and adjustments were made and things just did, didn't seem to go well. That was the gist of what he was saying there. Um, let's go right to the stats now, if we will, um, if y'all don't mind, of course. Uh, we're going to hit the stats here. And possession in this match. All right, 47.4% of possession to Benfica versus the 52.6% possession for Leipzig. Total shots, though, Benfica with the edge, 16 to 12. Chances created a dead heat at 13 each. Big chances, three for Benfica, two for Leipzig. Accurate passes, Benfica with 422 accurate passes while Leipzig had 458. Benfica, though, despite having fewer accurate passes, have a higher success rate, 84% to Leipzig's 83% fouls. Leipzig with the edge, 13 fouls, two more than Benfica with 11. Benfica with one more corner than Leipzig. It was 5-4. to four. Um, Benfica were offsides twice. Leipzig offside three times. Um Duels, 107 total duels. Benfica 153, Leipzig 154. Uh, Benfica with 21 att dribbles attempted, 12 dribbles succeeded. Leipzig 23 dribbles attempted and 8 succeeded. Uh, Benfica, there, here's a telling stat. Benfica attempted 23 tackles, completed or succeeded only on 13 of them, while Leipzig only attempted 21, but ex but successfully um tackled 18 times so it Leipzig were the more were the more efficient team um obviously from start to finish as um Benfica wasted many chances and Benfica um did not punish Leipzig and Leipzig turned out punishing Benfica with with the half a chance that put them on the lead and you could see from the tally of more successful tackles Leipzig were more efficient and uh, were slightly better it was a 51-49 in terms of of quality um I don't want to overreact to this like I don't overreact to victories um it was a hard defeat to swallow you know the champions league means a lot to us fans obviously and it should mean a lot to these players this is the ultimate in club football but really i think that um benfica could have been better um but i thought it was a step in the right in the right uh direction though considering that they were playing a very good opponent and very few people in portugal um before the match at least recognize the the talent on this Leipzig team after the match everyone saw what they saw and they you know I do have an issue though with some Benficistas and I don't mind saying this on the podcast and I hope you know nobody listening gets gets bothered by this or offended but uh, but there is a very big what they call a resultadista sentiment in Benfica it's all about the results okay 
And a lot of people don't watch the match, or at least don't see the match, don't see what, what's going on, don't see the the struggles, they don't see the the flow of the match, they don't see the slight differences, the slight instances, if you will. It's a game of inches, it really is. It's a game of matchups, game of inches. And um, too many Benfiquistas just have the attitude when they win, they're the best. When they lose, they're the worst. Um, a lot of criticism for RDT out there. Uh, I, I, again, I, I see something there. I think there's potential there. Uh, he's not, he's not there yet. He's not at where he needs to be, but it's a work in progress. And like I said, uh, strikers sometimes have the hardest time adapting to new teams. Um, because they're so reliant on service and being rely relying on service, you have to know where your teammates like to put the ball and they have to know where you like to, what spaces you like to run into. Um, I'm not ready to give up on RGT. That's just what I say right now. Um, Benfica really, the effort, I thought the effort was there. I didn't think it was a lack of effort in this one. Uh, not everyone agrees with me, obviously, but I really don't think that it was a lack of effort in this one. I think that um, circumstances took over, and honestly, the the German team is just more more prepared for these kind of games. They're more tested. Benfica have a long way to go, I think, to get to that level. I think that the ability is there, but um, I don't think that they're the experience is quite there yet. I mean. They're, they're fine in Portugal, and for too long, that's been good enough. And I think in order to improve this, we have to raise the bar. And good on the fans that are raising the bar and expecting more of Benfica. Let's go to the goal point ratings, if we will. All right, we'll start with Leipzig. And uh, their man of the match was their goalkeeper, Goulash. Or I'm not, I shouldn't say the man of the match. But yeah, actually, on goal point, their man of the match was, was Goulashi. It was not the goal scorer, Timo Warner. Uh, goal point gave Golashi a 7.4 rating um, across the back. Mukilele 5.4, Konate 6.0, Orban 5.4, and Glaston uh, Halstenberg, excuse me, 6.3 in midfield. Starting on the right, Sabitzer 4.5 despite his assist. Deme 7.0, Limer 6.2. He was subbed off early for an injury, but a good rating nonetheless. Uh, Forsberg 6.5 and up front Paulson 5.5 with an assist and of course Timo Werner two goals a 7.0 Benfica let's get to their ratings all right Vlakodimos 5.8 Tomas Tavares 5.8 as well as right back I thought he deserved a little bit better of a rating than that but but um sometimes you agree with the goal point sometimes you don't um it's statistic-based, so sometimes the eye sees things that the numbers don't, and sometimes the numbers tell a story that the eye missed. So, for what it's worth, a solid debut, though, for, for Tomás Tavares. Ruben Díaz, 6.1. Ferro, 5.8. Grimaldo was rated the top player for Benfica with a 6.7. Uh, better performance from Grimaldo. I, I, I agree with that with that uh, rating. Uh, Chervi, 5.5 before being subbed off. Terapt with a 6.3. Uh, moments of brilliance from Terapt and then other moments of just um, lack of positioning, other moments of poor decision-making, but... Um, hey, if you had said to me 
a year ago that we'd be playing today in, as defending champions in the Champions League with Tarapt as our attacking midfielder. Man, I, I would have asked you, you know, I think uh, if you're here in Massachusetts, I think you'd have been smoking that that legal, uh, <laughs> that legal, you know what, um, now that <laughs> it's legal in all these states. Um, but a little too much if you were to tell me that Tarapt would be where he is today. So, um, you know, I know he's, again, he's polarizing amongst you guys. But, um, hey, he right now he's who we got. I mean, with all the injuries, there's no sense in 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 criticizing because he's who we got right now. Although David Tavares came on, and I think David Tavares could factor into that position. Fasia, 5.4. That seems to be the the, the partnership that Bruno Lage prefers. Um, perhaps, you know, in training, that's what, what's what's happening. Perhaps Fasia is the better uh, the better match for Tarapt because, again, like I said, Tarapt is going to play there right now. Um, perhaps if Gabriel gets back before Tino, maybe we see Samarij and Gabriel because we know that that, that is a very good uh, tandem in midfield. We'll see what happens. Um, PZ 5.4 up front, Raul de Tomaj 5.6, Jota a disappointing 3.5. The substitutes that came on for Benfica, Seferovic 6.4 with a goal, Rafa 5.5, and David Tavares gets a 4.7. Um, we already went over the, st the, the stats, as you know. Um, Benfica with 11 shots in the area to 8 from Leipzig, so. In closing, Befica should have been better. Okay, um, they should have been more efficient. This is this is what hurt them in previous matches. But uh, it's the second loss of the season. Obviously, first in the Champions League. But Befica need to be better in match day two. They need to be better against Moreirense. They need to be better in the in the League Cup against Vitória Guimarães. Todos contam is not just a hashtag. Okay, todos contam needs to be the the belief, the creed of this team, in my opinion, they have to, they're not playing well enough to take nights off. Okay. Um, they're not playing well enough to start rotating important players. Um, rhythm is very important right now. They have not set it up. Of course, the international break also helps to break that up. And we got another one coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, Befica really need to get going. They need to turn things around. They're in desperate need right now of a really good performance so that they can get some confidence and some momentum back. All right, everybody. Thank you. This has been episode 29. Uh, stay glued to the feed. All right. I've got more stuff coming up. I know I say this every episode, but I do have a review of the women's Super Cup win over Braga. It's like half done, maybe close to two-thirds done right now. I just got to finish it up. I got to rewatch the last 20 minutes or so, finish up the, the pod on that. I'll put that out as soon as possible. And, of course, in a few days, you can expect um, a review of the match with Morirense on the weekend and a separate uh, – you can expect a separate episode um, at this time next week reviewing the League Cup match against Vitória Guimarães. That's going to be it for today. All right. I am, of course, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. This has been Mr. Benfica. Don't forget to check it out uh, on Twitter at Benfica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Don't forget – 
If you're a Facebook person, search Mr. Benfica on Facebook. Check out Baquero's article. The no, the link is in the show notes. All right, and check out um, check out the other podcasts as well. Great stuff out there. Azagiish, um, you know Benfica podcast. Brink de Batista, História uh, Gloriosas, Benfica FM. Um, check them all out. If you speak Portuguese, I'm telling you, another episode dropped of Histórias this week. I am glued to that to that series. All right, I I've listened to each episode probably probably five times now, and every time I I catch something that I missed in the previous. And um, when it's all said and done, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of binge listening um, while I'm working while I'm on the job. A lot of binge listening to to that series from episode one to. You know the end, but uh, very another great, great uh, episode. They talk about the triumph in the Tasa Latina. They talk about the match with Torino, the celebration match, and uh, you know the devastating tragedy that uh, fell upon those Torino players on their return to Italy. Um, they talk about the beginning of the Benfica Europeo, and that's why Benfica. The fans do need to remind Befica that this is a club with a European history and that we are not just happy being champions, okay? Um, it's a long season ahead, so let, let's keep it. Let's let's keep the faith. Everybody needs to get a little bit of belief back in them. So have a good week, everybody, all right? And I will catch you next time. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off. This has been Mr. Benfica on the Parking the Bus. Soccer Podcast Network.